0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network.
2: Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon.
1: We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Sui winner, and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain.
3: D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitz
2: And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis.
3: Mr. Ryan McGee.
2: And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate, a former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team i a Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts,
1: Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes.
2: Welcome in to episode 210 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast live from the Heinemann Services studios. I am Kyle Sutherland, and whether you are listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum. We appreciate you taking time to spend with us. If you are on one of the forums, hit that subscribe button if you have not already. And if you're on Apple Podcast, if you could please be so kind leave us a five-star rating and a written review to help us get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you as always by our friends at BetOnline. Whether live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your betting needs. Visit BetOnline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to join and receive 50% on your first welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. we got another great show lined up for for you it is officially football season we have high school games for week zero which nobody really still knows what that's about I don't think I still haven't heard a proper uh proper uh way of it, of describing it I, I don't really understand why they call it that but anyways that's what it is and we have ball so that's what counts and also uh college football this weekend as well for the first time this year and we've had plenty of preseason NFL games but uh I don't Really get into those a whole lot. Don't really uh, care other than my team. And so, um, for our guest out today, uh, we have uh, here in just a moment. Kevin and Porter talk with HogSports.com. Trey Biddy discussing some Razorback football in the final segment. Porter talks with Mascot Media's Bobby Swafford. We actually had Bobby on around this time last year, and uh, when we did our greatest rivalries from Arkansas high school football in each respective class, and he comes on to talk about some of the various schools up in Northwest Arkansas, and some coaching changes that have happened up there. And, guys, right now we're still in fall camp. It is football season, but we are still uh, going through camp. I guess technically um, around this time is when you start just – you call it practice, as opposed to just fall camp now, uh, because that's when you start getting into really just the starters and the twos, getting the main reps. You know, when you get into fall camp, you got guys that are competing for maybe five or six guys competing for quarterback. At that point, um, when we first started um, fall camp, Landon Rogers was in that mix, along with Cade Renfro, John Stephen Jones, Lucas Coley, all those guys kind of battling for the third and fourth spots. And then... And then Landon Rodgers gets moved to tie it in. At least that could be a temporary move. We don't really know as of right now. But I'll tell you, fall camp has really opened my eyes to how well we have done in recruiting. We've talked a little bit about that, especially throughout this summer. But it was announced after the scrimmage this past Saturday that Rocket Sanders is going to be running back, too. And uh, there's a good chance that Keychon Jackson, another true freshman, will be the starter at receiver. Again, that says so much to me about what this staff has been able to do. We talked about the great job for the last couple of years that Chad Morris and his staff did. We will never take that away from him in terms of recruiting. Um, That's one thing that you can say that they've done well, probably about the only thing. And what the guys on this staff have done bringing in guys that are going to be starting or possibly contributing heavily. We've seen Malik Hornsby has done some really good things in fall camp. Cameron Little, the kicker that they brought in, has a lot of hype amongst many others. And so you have to realize – just how big that is considering the fact of the amount of – especially Keytron Jackson, for instance. Behind Traylon Smith, you don't really know or we didn't really know what we had behind him coming into fall camp. You figured that there was going to be some young guys because that's all we got really – is young guys, you know, you got Dominique Johnson, who I believe is a red shirt, freshman, red shirt, sophomore, Josh Oglesby, I think, is a sophomore, junior, but has pretty much no experience. Then you also bring in A.J. Green, another true freshman, a speedster out of Oklahoma, and you guys have probably realized by now, um, or at least you knew before, I'm not really big on spending a ton of time on talking about fall camp because a bit of it is – or a good bit of it is in helmets, shirts, and shorts. And if it's not that, the media is – whether whether it's in shirt and shorts and helmets or in full pads, the media gets extremely limited, uh, limited access. So we really don't know what goes on. And I'll tell you guys, though – Listening to Sam Pittman at the Touchdown Club uh, on on Tuesday, I, I didn't go. I would listen to it on the radio. But listening to what he says and just listening to the press conferences, I try not to drink the Kool-Aid because I've been guilty of doing that before. I think we all are. I've talked about that. I think it was last week or the week before that we become very guilty of drinking the Kool-Aid really between SEC media days until the start of the season because all you hear about is this person's doing well, this person's doing well, whatever. But I really like – What Coach Pittman and this staff have been doing, uh, you just can't take it away. The fact that you were able to keep all of your coordinators, I know that Scott Frost was uh, kind of a polarizing opinion of of, uh, the coaches that we were able to keep, but that is extremely – that's one of the things that Pittman talked about at the touchdown club was how important it was when you've got Bryles and and Barry Odom and Scott Frost, guys that that are over really about 60 to 65 kids – on a daily basis, not just on the field, but off it too, and you have them return. That's that's huge. And so I don't know what's going to happen this year. I still stand by that we're going to get five, possibly six wins. I'm not uh, comfortable saying that we're going to get over that until I actually see the product. But I can tell you this. I do believe that no matter what happens, we will have a team on the field, just like we had last year, that this state will be damn proud of. I can say that with full confidence. So anyways, guys, that's what I got uh, for you as of now here in segment two. Well, I guess this is technically, I guess you could say segment one. I'm here talking for about six or seven minutes. So in the next segment, Kbo, Coach Cabo Porter, and Trey Biddy of hogsports.com will be here with you. Do not touch that dial. You are listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490 tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336 That's 479-347-9336
3: Welcome back to episode 210 of the Hog Talk podcast. I'm Kevin Bohannon, uh, joined by my man Porter Hayes. I want to let you know that this segment is brought to you by betonline.ag. College football is right around the season. We're at week one. Head on over to betonline.ag and get your bets in today. Uh, we are joined by, on our Workman's Travel Center hotline, the publisher of hogsports.com, Trey Biddy. Trey, Welcome.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for being. Thanks for having me.
3: <laughs> hey, no, no problem. We, uh, I know you're on Drive Time Sports every day at five. I'm on there a couple of times during the week at six. It's good to finally uh, get to talk to you and talk a little bit of back football. Absolutely. Yep. So first of all, just overall impressions now. I know class just started, but is this team a little ahead of where they were last year?
0: I think they are. I think naturally they are, but you know the problem is probably most teams that at least return their head coach are probably ahead of where they were last year. Also, but you know I think a lot of the stuff that Arkansas went through last year with having a new coach, new coordinators, all that stuff, and they were able to have meetings and things like that, but you know virtually uh, for the most part, and you know they were able to get back together later. But just like learning certain tendencies and stuff that you would develop in you know with having a spring and, and you know certain things like that a lot of that they were learning throughout the season but I to my honest opinion just my gut feel on how things are going I think that there is you know a belief after the way last season went that um, you know hey coach Pittman's our coach we want to follow him there just seems to be a better vibe and by that I mean like kind of behind the scenes I don't hear as much trash like really? I used to hear about yeah. so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so, you know, offense doesn't like defense, this coach doesn't like that coach, the old guys don't like the young guys. Um, you know, all of those things that you would hear behind the scenes, you just don't don't hear those anymore. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't exist on some level, but I definitely don't think it is rampant like it was where it was just really eating the program from inside out. And so uh, I think that's a big part of it, belief in your head coach, fighting for them. You know, I mean, I've, I've said this several times. I'm sure you probably heard uh, that – Arkansas facing Western Kentucky, or uh, you know facing North Texas, Colorado State. None of those programs ever would have none of the no no player in any of those programs ever would have turned down an Arkansas offer to go to those schools. Arkansas has better athletes across the board than any of those teams. Uh, it comes down to coaching, following your coach, and uh, you know. So that's I, I think that's one reason that. Um, you know, things were so unsuccessful before, not so much, and I'm not saying Arkansas didn't have work to do in terms of bringing in better athletes and stuff, but, you know, when we talk about some of the stuff that's been said in the past about where this program is from a talent perspective, I just don't know that that completely matches up. I think they got better talent overall. Uh, They just needed the right leadership.
1: And Trey, just how important was it this year to get things back to normal, to get out of those Zoom meetings, breaking in a a new quarterback like KJ? I know he had a couple of starts last year, but just how important was it? They didn't have the luxury of Felipe Mm -hmm. Franks, you know, coming in. So how how important was that to get them back to normal so he can get his feet wet?
0: Well, I think, you know, if this were everything that happened last year was happening this year and you're breaking in a, you know, a brand new starting quarterback and Felipe was new, but he, he'd been around the block in the sec. Uh, I think that was a huge benefit for them, especially early on last season uh, to have him available. But with KJ, uh, you know, being able to go through all this time. KJ has been brought along, you know, kind of at the right pace. A lot of a lot of parents of, uh, of quarterback recruits would tell me, you know, they, they always want the opportunity at least, you know, to see an opportunity to compete for a starting quarterback yeah. job and have three now, years now to play. now Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, three years. I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah, everybody wants to come in as a freshman, but that's, that's what you're at least looking for as a quarterback. And, and in my opinion, like, that's probably the best way to bring you along. You know, you're able to put, you know, get some weight work, um, you know, add some weight, uh, you know, just get more comfortable in the offense, all that stuff. KJ's done all those things. I has been with the same coach, but he's taken that right progression. He's a sophomore now. He's physically developed. I mean, some people say he may be a little too big. He still looks like he moves pretty good to me. Uh, but all of those things, I think he's been brought along the right way. And then also having the opportunity to learn against, you know, under a quarterback that actually had some success and my guys that had just kind of failed one after another. Uh, but somebody's had success, and Felipe Franks. I, th- I just think that a lot is set up for him to have success, and a lot of the success this team has is going to depend on KJ because he does return a good bit on the offensive line. He returns, I mean, basically every starter from last year. Uh, Plus, you know, some guys that started games. Uh, I think that they'll probably be as an offensive line, probably better than half to a little more than half of the teams uh, they face on the defensive front. Um, and a lot of that's experience and, and you know, having Sam Pittman uh, as your head coach, uh, I think, you know, he returned some talent at wide receiver, especially with Burks, uh, you know, returns his, uh, his running back. So a lot of pieces are in place for him. And I think the defense is going to be able to provide some decent support You know, if the offense can score some points, I'm not saying it's going to be a great defense, but I think they have the capability to be, you know, middle of the pack at least, um, based on what they have returning. So all those pieces are in place for KJ to have some success. I think if he's if he's good, if he's not good, then Arkansas is not going to be good. That's the bottom line.
3: That's right. That's that was my next point. I was going to get to is okay. So Malik Hornsby has fully entrenched himself in the number two spot. Uh, Talk a little bit about. What you've seen from him, I know it's been limited just like everybody else, but what you've seen from him that has put him in that spot?
0: Well, it's his athletic ability and his ceiling uh, more than anything. Ken Hatfield used to say, give me a quarterback that can run. I'll teach him how to throw. Uh, <laughs> it's not the same now. You really do need to be able to throw. Uh, but he has all the tools to be a good passer. He's got a live arm. Um, he's got – I mean, his mechanics are clean. He, he, he can be a good passer, it's just going to be more repetition. And I'm not saying he's a bad passer either, because I think once his legs come into play uh, and he has, you know, defenses have to keep things really honest with him, then I think that he absolutely uh, has a chance to, to open some things up as a passer. And, you know, I'm not saying he's Nick Marshall, but that's kind of, you know, in a way, I think he could be a better passer, but Nick Marshall could not run, uh, could not throw the ball. He was not a very good passer. Uh, it was actually a defensive back, I believe in junior college, but he was yeah. so scary running the ball that he still threw for 2,500 yards uh, in all those rushing yards that he piled up <laughs> and so, because teams were so scared of him taking off. So I could see that kind of being a role. Um, and again, I'm not saying to that level, I'm not saying he's going to lead Arkansas to a national championship game, but uh, you know, I'm saying that he can be a guy that can come in have packages Um, And I thought Josh Pate, who does our late kick uh, podcast on 24-7 sports, uh, made a great point about Arkansas, and it's that, you know, uh, he's not going to be a guy that comes in with these packages and just gets some, you know, garbage time or something. You know, I think he's right in saying that um, Malik could come in as part of the game plan at certain times to, you know, roll this package out there with him. And do you think that's kind of a
1: gamble, you know, coming in, as a coach knew is Sam Pittman is the head coach to do that two quarterback system, or is it one of them situations where you just got to take the talent that you have and, and make a game plan around it?
0: Well, I don't know if it, I, w- I don't know if I would call it a two quarterback system by any stretch. I think KJ is the clear number one. Um But I think maybe a, like Matt Jones and Zach Clark, I would say that was a two quarterback system. Uh yeah. I think it'll be more like, um you know, Somebody coming in in a wildcat type of situation here and there, and you know it may not be something that we see a lot very early. who knows how they, they would do it. I just think that the, I just think that we'll see it incorporated into the game plan, probably not on a huge level, but on a level
3: what one thing I've seen with Hornsby is and just just video I haven't seen him live he has a long windup. up. It seems like his release is really slow yeah. because he he brings it kind of like Tim Tebow used to do Have, have you seen any indications they're working to shorten that up or they're just letting him go at this point? Well,
0: they could probably tighten up. I don't see any major flaws with his mechanics, So, um, You know, some guys have a longer windup, I guess. And uh, yeah. some guys launch the ball. Some guys, you know, it's just uh, just a different approach. As long as you're not looping or, um, you know, you don't have a hitch and you're taking a lot off, the, you know, what you have potential to do, um, you know, then – I don't know that you, you mess with it too terribly much, but, uh, you know, KJ was a guy that they really had to work with his mechanics because he did have a hitch yeah. um, and and was taking a lot of the velocity off the ball. So, I, I think it's just him getting more comfortable. There's all kinds of, you know, footwork, you know, aspects that come into it, too. I mean, it, it gets very technical.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I understand. I, I coached quarterbacks in, in high school and even got to work under Coach Malzahn for a little bit and learned a ton back uh, yeah. as, as a GA. So, it, it was one of those things where I wanted to see him live because everything looked really smooth. And it was just like, okay, the ball's down there by his hip pad. I wonder what the rest of it looks like because it was a still shot. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the freshman running back. I know A.J. Green did not get to get out there in the scrimmage this past weekend. Rocket Sanders has, has become RB2 at this point. Uh, how do you see that unfolding as we go along? I've always – I've compared Traylon Smith to Michael Smith. Um, and that, that's kind of been my comparison. I think he's a little bit better receiving back. But how do you think that the backfield shakes out after, you know, going into Rice and afterwards?
0: Yeah, that's not a bad comparison for, uh, for Traylon Smith. Uh, I had a, a source told me at the game or at the scrimmage who watched it said he thinks that when everything's said and done, Raheem Sanders will end up getting the most carries out of anybody. Um, now, that's without having seen A.J. Green because he wasn't able to scrimmage either time. I think at some point we'll see AJ move into, you know, the top three running backs whenever he gets fully healthy and maybe gets his feet wet a little bit after a few games. But uh, it's Traylon and Raheem Sanders right now, one, two. And, you know, Traylon's a good running back. I mean, you don't run for 710 yards all SEC games, you know, (laughs) on a whim. Um, So he's a good, capable running back uh, where he – struggles a little bit is is just you know getting that extra yardage after contact. Uh, and it's because he's not a very big back. And the Arkansas ran into a lot of third long situations and stuff, you know, because they struggled in that area sometime. And you know, sometimes it seemed like maybe a little feast or famine, but he is a good running back. Sanders has the ability to be a total package type of guy. We know he can catch the ball because he's a former wide receiver. Uh, he's big, 6'2, 228 and he's named Rocket. So he's he's yeah. fast. It's either yeah. faster or, or super slow and it's ironic, right? It's one of the two, but he's not slow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that he has a chance to be really good. Um, you know, there's all kinds of questions about ball security and stuff like that. And just being a, a freshman back. And one thing that they've been working on him with is, um, you know, not trying to just take it to the sideline or bounce it outside because that's a tendency that a lot of freshman backs have. And you got to really, got to really run through people and, you know, split defenders and, and, uh, Let's
3: worry about the first four yards, as they say, and then get the rest later. That's right. And talking about the receiving core, we'll wrap up offense real quick. Do you think they miss Mike Woods or do you think there's enough talent there and support behind Burks that – especially mm-hmm. Keetron Jackson stepping up that it could – they won't miss him that much?
0: Yeah. I, I think it would obviously be better to have him because yeah. you know what you got in Mike Woods. He's He's proven and – what you have instead is a lot of talented looking players, guys that were, you know, highly regarded also, but unknown in that regard, you know. Um, so plus, you know, you had, you had more time to develop chemistry with Mike Woods and stuff because he, he was still there in the spring going through everything. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be better to have Mike Woods, but I, I do think that there are Plenty of candidates, and you've had some guys that, you know, Shamar Nash didn't work out, uh, TQ Jackson didn't work out, and I think they're ended up at Memphis and SMU. Uh, Trey Knox so far has not, uh, you know, emerged to a four star status. Uh, Jaqueline Crawford didn't at Oklahoma. So it's almost like somebody <laughs> has to by now. Right. Statistically, one of your four stars, Keetron Jackson, it looks like maybe he's that guy. And, um, uh, he is still a freshman, and sometimes it takes freshmen to get going. I mean, think about how great Jarius Wright was. It took him, and he was starting as a freshman. Yeah. It took forever for him to catch that first pass. I mean, it felt like it was midway through the season before he had a catch. Um, you know, so I always kind of think about it like that. You know, if a guy is you know potentially great, you know, compare him to some other greats, and you know, is he is he as good as um, you know Jarius Wright was? I don't know, and we haven't seen him get tackled. He is a big, physical. Um, big looking, you know, fast wide receiver. He, he certainly looks the part. You see why he was rated so high.
3: Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah.
0: I
1: was talking about, you know, Knox and it seems like, you know, last year after the season, you know, he was primed for a comeback and was ready to, you know, make a name for himself this year. What what do you think's happened with him and, and his career as a whole to not really fulfill that rating? Like you said.
0: Yeah. It's very surprising right now. I mean, I don't know why Knox has not realized his uh, potential. I mean, he's not a pure burner, but he's not slow either. And he's easily 6'5", 218 pounds. Um, he fits every uh, just about everything that you would want. I've seen plenty of guys come through that are 6'5 and, and not, uh, not fulfill, uh, you know, everything that they thought. And maybe, I don't know. I've always thought that, you know, the perfect wide receiver of a big wide receiver. Everybody talks about six, five receivers and stuff, but like six, three seems to be a, a, you know, a pretty good height for, you know, when you look at the best receivers in the NFL, you know, the best guy, you know, you'll see occasional six, five, six, most of them, like most of the studs that seem that are bigger wide receivers about six, three. So I don't know, maybe you get too long. (laughs) I have no idea, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, he's, uh. It seems like he should be coming a little stronger than he is right now when you look at him, especially physically. And you know, he's a smart kid. I mean, you, can, you guys have seen his interviews. You can tell he's smart. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why he hasn't emerged, but Arkansas sure using. Well, really one,
1: one quick thing before we move on. Do you think anything of that has to do with the previous coaching? I mean, do you think that he just got beat down so much from that coaching staff that it, it's taken him? Longer to really get his confidence back, I mean does that have anything to do with it
0: I don't know I mean the the first four games of his career he was pretty solid, and then you know the, the every game after that was just you know very pedestrian and we know last year he didn't really show up at all i don't know I don't know what the reason is I mean physically the guy's got all the tools that he should have I mean and he's not he's got you know good feet he's got good size i don't It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why he's not emerging more. And, you know, maybe he will. Maybe maybe it will be the surprise of the year. Who knows? It wouldn't – I mean, he's got all the tools. So
3: (laughs) I know. It's it's one of those things that's a head scratcher. And we're going through it last year. You know, the the (laughs) ball that bounced off his helmet in the end zone. We're like, he's just not in it. You know, especially when you see a a Davion Warren that stepped up and took that role away from him basically because he said, if you're not going to do it, this is my time to shine, and he did. I hope mm-hmm. he comes back healthy this year off the ACL. Uh, talk to defense for just a minute. What's one thing – and you, you just said surprise, but what's one thing that's going to surprise people about the defense this year?
0: Hmm. That's a tough question because they return so many players from I know last you, year. you Yeah, you got seven, eight
3: starters back. uh um, Yeah.
0: What's I mean, Hayden Henry. Me? Yeah, Hayden Henry could surprise you. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that he's been running with the first team, uh, pretty much since the spring. He's been with the first group, and that's you know he was injured in the spring, or he was held back from contact, I should say. But when they were no contact, uh, he was always out with the first group. So, I, I mean, if he has a healthy season, then he could. You know, the trio of uh, of, of uh, defensive linemen. Um, Dorian Gerald, <laughs> he could surprise people, but it's it, that's a tough question because they return so many players.
3: Jalen Catalan said, You know, he's the, well, he's the first AP All American preseason since Frank Ragnow in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, is the back four the secondary? Does, does this have a chance, especially with the athleticism? You get Bishop Brown, Catalan Blair, that they're deeper than what they have been. Does that have a chance to be a special unit?
0: I think so, and I think one reason is because of the overlooked man. I mean, it seems like we always gloss over Greg Brooks, <laughs> and uh, he's a he's a a very underrated player. I, I thought that he was not very good as a freshman; he was too light for that position. But that nickel spot is so difficult to play; it's uh, you have to be able to tackle because they're going to run at you. You're going to take on block, you know block after block in the in the screen game, Uh, you have to be able to cover slot wide receivers who are generally, you know, super quick. And now here lately, there's this trend to get these big slot receivers in there. Like you got to cover Traylon Burks now all of a sudden. So you really have to be a Jack of all trades to play that spot. And I think Brooks is, is one of the more underrated players on the team actually for the way he played last year. And if he builds on that, then um, you know, he could start being a guy that really gets a lot more mention. And then, you know, with this, with the secondary, you right now you've really got probably I would say lately here Joe Fouché has has passed Simeon Blair and it's Joe Fouché and Jalen Catalan, uh yeah. starting back there as the first two but they go three safety look a lot and then it would be Simeon Blair and then I mean I don't know how you keep Miles Slusher off the field I mean that guy yeah him too he he is a really good looking player and I think that also maybe he should get a look at run, returning kicks but. You know, he can play anywhere in the defensive backfield. I've I've mainly seen him just working at safety, but all they talk about is he can play nickel, safety, corner, you know, wherever they want him to play. So uh, I would look for that maybe to start seeing him incorporated in different roles there. Uh, I think it's a good sign that Ladarius Bishop has come on. He's pretty much gone wire to wire in camp as the starting left cornerback. Um, and then, of course, Monteric Brown is another guy that I think is really undervalued. Um, I think he has a chance to have a really good season too and and possibly – you know, start being talked about a little bit in the later rounds.
3: Hmm.
1: And what do you think they've really worked on and keyed in on the offseason, really try to get those third-down stops? That was really a big key to the second half of the season. They just – the talent and, and just couldn't mm-hmm. get off the field. And I know with this year they got a two-deep, true two-deep. So what do they really worked on to try to get, you know, the third-down conversion stops?
0: Well, I think you you absolutely said it there, and they've they've focused a lot on that in, in practices, obviously, because that's been a big focal point. But uh, it's the off season additions that they have done. I mean, first of all, you know, getting Hayden Henry back at linebacker that's key because they need a little luck there. They need to be they need to stay healthy there. If they'd lost Hayden Henry, then that would have been you know he's one of your top three guys. So uh, being strong up the middle right there. I mean, you've got Jalen Catalan as your middle safety. You know, Joe Fouché. You know those. Those are two pretty good safeties, especially Catalon, and you got Grant Morgan there in the middle and you know Hayden or Bumper. Um, and then getting a guy like John Ridgway and getting Markel Letsey and uh, you know Trey Williams. Those additions right there I think are really I mean the defensive interior looked okay, but it wasn't like feel really good about that. You feel good about the depth and now you're talking about you know guys that you were thinking about May you know, be starters. And Eric Gregory, who I think is, is another, you know, underrated player. I'm not saying like he's fantastic, but I think he's, um, I think he's a good player. Uh, but Eric Gregory and Isaiah Nichols, same opinion of Isaiah Nichols also, you know, and Torian Carter starting to come on. Those are kind of the talks we were saying about the interior defensive line. And now it's, you've got Utsy in there and, you know, you've got, uh, Ridgeway. I mean, you're suddenly just adding two more players like that. Two guys who are seniors and, um, have been around the block, especially the guys in the SEC and Ridgeway may have, you know, he may make as big an impact as anybody. If Trey Williams doesn't, I think he has a chance to. So I think those things are going to be big for Arkansas. If you can get, you know in a four-man front more often where you feel comfortable doing that i mean arkansas like people talk about you know why can't arkansas get sacks well they're running a three-man front there's no edge guy on the field yeah. at all so it's kind of hard uh, but if you're you know you're running more four-man front then you start talking about being able to get some you know quicker defensive ends on the field if you're in a three-man really i mean most of what we see is you know they want guys that are they're a lot bigger um you know they're Two hundred ninety pound ends really in the three man, uh, Gregory and uh, Utsi and um, you know Gerald. He's probably about two sixty five, so he's maybe the lightest of them. But I think I think it's the additions that they made in the offseason is going to be uh, going to be able to help them on those third downs. And um, you know when you it's you can't compare last year's statistics because everybody was horrid on third down compared to any time else in you know the history of the SEC because they were playing the SEC only schedule.
3: I'm excited personally to see some more four-man front, and that we have the personnel to do it. Uh, the the four-two-five, I think we, we can offer up some different looks out of it. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, Trey, before we get out of here, I, I wanted to uh, to talk about your your, your and talks after the game, and mm-hmm. um, let, let you talk about that for a minute. I know you're excited to do it again this year, especially getting to to be at Razorback Stadium again. You know, hopefully full house, and uh, talk to us about that for a minute. You know, it's always,
0: it's kind of nerve wracking in a way. I mean, cause it's like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just like, and I, I feel like people, there are expectations that people have that it's got to be, you know, just as good as the Western Kentucky one or the Mississippi state one, you know, or, or whatever. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't ever know what I'm going to say. So that's, and, and i be honest with you, every time i have done, I'm like, well, that sucked and uh, I'll put it out there and people people seem to enjoy it so um, but yeah I think that's just part of it just the the rawness of it and uh, I guess I just have to embrace that I I don't know what I'm going to do really most of the time
3: and that's the best sometimes <laughs> you know yeah yeah well, I think so hopefully I think that's never what have people
0: to like another loss to
1: western kentucky you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I hope so um, I, it is it is kind of funny that I mean, it's not funny. I mean, it's it's sad in a way. But uh, it seems like when I, the more uh, ticked off I am, the uh, the more people that watch it.
3: <laughs> order. I think think we lost yeah. order. No, I'm anyway. Oh, anyway. Oh, you are here? Okay. I didn't know if yeah. You had one more question for Trey. No, I'm good. Okay. Well, Trey. Hey, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We know you got a busy schedule uh we'll we'll uh, try to catch up with you later on in the season, but thanks a lot.
0: All right guys, thanks for having me.
3: Have a good yes, day sir. And Porter will be up next with Bobby Swofford. Make sure uh, you hit that subscribe button and we will see you on the other side. Thanks whoop pig.
2: Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479-368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinman Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinman Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336 That's 479-347-9336
1: Welcome back to episode 210 of the Hog Talk podcast, and we now go live to the Workman's Travel Center hotline, and we bring in former sports director and mascot media specialist Bobby Swafford. How are we doing?
4: Good. What do you know today?
1: Oh man, it's it's week zero. I mean, we got to watch some uh, scrimmages, and you know, here in Ozark, we have a big hillbilly, little hillbilly game where the high schoolers go up against the little youth teams, so it, it gets you ready, ready to go for the season then. We had you on this time last year. So first before we start, you know, what how's everything going year end in mascot media?
4: It's good. You know, things are busy this time of year. Normally during the summer, back in the TV days and before that, my newspaper days, the summers were the really downtime. And now at Mascot Media, is what we do with, with websites and streaming services and tickets and all kinds of other things for schools across the country. Uh, the summer's the really busy month. We're getting everybody ready for the start of that football and volleyball season and making sure those schools and those athletic programs have what they need to, to get their brand, to build their brand and have people's eyeballs on their products and their teams and their kids. And so it's, it's been busy this time of year, but you mentioned that week zero is here, football is here coming up on Thursday night, a couple of big games across the state. Uh, and, and I honestly, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready for it.
0: That's right. And
1: and just talk there for a second before we get to the football, just talk about the growth of mascot media, where where you see yourself now compared to when you started a year ago.
4: Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm starting to find more of the athletic director side of things, how they run an athletic department. I'm really lucky. I get to work next to Brad Blue, this longtime Farmington athletic director who retired just a couple of years ago. I work with him every day and I, I work some really smart people. Dick Johnson, the longtime Fayetteville athletic director is with us at Mass Guy Media. There's a lot of really good athletic minds. And so I kind of see the inner workings of Okay, what's it take to work in an athletic department? What's it take to be a successful athletic department? And we can kind of bring that back. And okay, what can we do on our end to make them even more successful and build their brand even more? Because, you know, if you're a Bulldog, if you're a Tiger, if you're a Cardinal, there's dozens of those across the state. What separates you and kind of puts you above the rest? And that's what we try to do and help schools build their brand and make them more recognizable, not just in their town, but statewide.
1: And as you said, we're week zeros here. Of course, you know, we got started off with the, with the biggest rivalry in the state, the Salt Bowl. And I believe Shiloh mm-hmm. plays uh, Robinson, or is it Pete? Yep. Plastic, I mean, just playing Robinson. Plastic Academy is playing Robinson. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's starting to get there. And just, I guess, here we are a year later, and it's been worse. Is what are the effects you think COVID has now compared to last year? And especially now with a lot of these kids able to have a vaccine they kind of lightened up the restrictions and stuff.
4: Yeah, it's it's really odd because we kind of thought we were past it. You know, you go back to the basketball season uh, back in the spring, maybe early summer, we thought we were past the, all the, the bad stuff. But, of course, you know, with the different variants of it, it's coming back. Uh, there's already been one game I've heard of that's going to get postponed this week uh, in, here in Arkansas. So it's going to be really different. It's not nearly as bad as it was last year. You know, teams were able to have a full offseason, able to get to go to the seven-on-seven seven camps and kind of have a normal, and I'm using the giant air quotes there, a normal summer because our version of normal is gone. That's, that's never going to happen again. But I think we're going back in the right direction. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously now kids are back in school. Uh, they're going to be making contact with other teams. We're going to have to wait and see how this season plays out because, you know, now forfeits are on the table. Teams are going to be more likely to play, even though they have lower numbers. And so it's just going to be one of those things where I think it's going to be a week-by-week basis to how big of an impact it's going to have on Arkansas high school football.
1: So, Bobby, you know, we start in a 7A, and, you know, Bryant, do they continue their dominance or what was seen in the in the scrimmage against PA and really hanging with them? You know, does that change your mind a little bit?
4: It doesn't really because Bryant's going to be really good, but they've got to replace a lot of pieces. You're talking two really good running backs, a three-year starter, a quarterback. Of course, they lost some guys on the, on the offensive and defensive lines, and so they're going to have some holes to fill. They're going to have to, you know, improve as the season goes because when you're on top of the mountain, uh, people are gunning for you every week. It doesn't matter if it's a scrimmage or if it's going to be week 10 in the regular season. So Bryant's still going to be a force to be reckoned with and probably should be the favorite to win the state championship would put them in pretty rare territory as far as four in a row uh, in the state of Arkansas. But I think it says a little bit about PA too. PA is going to be really good. They got a lot of their skill players back. Of course, the quarterback's coming back. Now he's going to be the guy after having to split the reps last year. So I don't think you can look a whole lot into it because you back to last year when Brian had everybody back. PA still played him pretty close in a scrimmage. And so there, there's a, there's not a whole lot you can put in stock until you really hit to that first Friday in, in August.
1: And you're looking at 6A, and it seems like there's a little bit more teams in 6A that would compete with mm-hmm. 7A Bryant. So if you was to choose two teams, you know what would be those two teams then 7A that could really push Bryant for a championship?
4: You know, I think if you start in the West, I think you always have to point to Bentonville. You know, the last couple of years, they just haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. And I think one thing, and this may may tick a lot of people off, and I'm sorry for saying this, but one thing that uh, Bentonville, excuse me, has going against them is they play a lot of games in the conference that don't get them ready for the season or for the playoffs. You know, they've got Fayetteville, Bentonville West, Harbor. They've got some good teams at the top, but the 6A, or excuse me, the 7A West is really top heavy. And so there's, they, don't, they don't play a full four quarters for maybe most of the season, and then all of a sudden they get in a tough game and they haven't been put their backs against the wall. And that's, they've loaded up on the non-conference this year. So I think Bentonville, I think West is going to be solid. I think Fayetteville has a really good chance. I mean, you've, you've talked about three legit D1 athletes, and you know, Isaiah Satinha and the two linebackers they've got in Powell and Caden Turner. I mean, really impressive roster they have, but they got to go produce on Friday nights. So those are the two from the West. But, I mean, we've seen Cabot really start to take a push. We've seen Conway really start to make a push. So it's not going to be a cakewalk for Bryant. North Little Rock's still going to have a lot of talent too. Uh, But Bryant is, and rightfully so, the preseason number one, probably by a pretty far margin.
1: And then you go down to the 6A, you know, we could say the same thing. Does Greenwood continue their dominance or do they mm-hmm. kind of falter because, you know, we got part of you. We got, you know, Benton gave them a run for their money. And then, of course, yeah. I've, Lake Hamilton's there too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it could be a crapshoot when it comes to the 6A.
4: Yeah, you, you mentioned that the last team there, Lake Hamilton, that's going to be the team, I think, that has the best chance of knocking off Greenwood. They've got the two stud running backs, Miller and uh, number 25, Woodley, I believe was his name, uh, coming back, Kevin Woodley. I mean, we got those two guys coming back. I'm mean, talking a force to be reckoned with. They gave Greenwood a nice run in the regular season, jumped out to a 10-0 lead in the state championship game, just couldn't handle the little adversity. Once Greenwood made their run, the Wolves get a response. You know, is going to be good. Benton's going to be good. I think you go 1-2-3 in the 6A West as far as state rankings. And you go out east, you know, Jonesboro has been there, haven't been able to get over the hurdle in the playoffs, kind of seemed to fizzle out early on. Uh, so I think it's going to be – You know, uh, of those teams, but, you know, maybe Salem Springs makes a push. You know, they're they're a team that may be right there, that four or five spot in the West. That's pretty good. You know, if if we saw Van Buren as a number seven seed go on the road and route Jonesboro in the playoffs last year. That 6A West is loaded. It's kind of what the 7A West used to be and what the 7A Central is now. It's by far the better of the two conferences in that classification.
1: Yeah, that 7A West, I mean, used to be just absolutely just loaded when Van Buren Mm -hmm. was really good, north side, south side springdale i mean it was just a i mean fayetteville all of it It was like going through the sec west and and then i guess you know foray is there anybody who can come close to shiloh i mean i've seen them and it just looks like they keep getting better and better and after a you know big hiatus i mean it's like they went on a little dip and now
4: Mm -hmm. you know got
1: eli wisdom there at the quarterback as a sophomore and he says he wants to three-peat at shiloh and i I don't see anybody (laughs) maybe a stuck guard or somebody who can out speed them in the running game but other than that, I don't see anybody coming close.
4: Yeah, you know, that's the obvious choice. Everybody's got them number two talking about Stuttgart, but that game was, what, 56-7 to in the playoffs last year. I think if you're talking about who has the best chance to repeat in Arkansas, I think it's got to be Shiloh, just because they look so much better, so much – I'm not going to say better coach, but they just out-schemed everybody. You know, they don't have the best talent. They've got some really good players, don't be wrong. Wisdom and Henley are Saturday-type players, but they just seem to run away from everybody in every scheme that they've played – All season long. I think they're going to be tested in the non-conference. I I like what they do. Poto, Oklahoma, which won a 4A state title a couple of years ago. They were in the semifinals a couple of years ago. Greg Warner has done a great job. Uh, They're in the shadow of the big hill there in Poto. That's going to be a marquee non-conference game. If you want want to talk about, you know, outside state, that's a game you might want to go try to find on, on a Friday night, whether it's on live stream or in person.
1: Yeah, they played the past couple of years, and that's it, turned mm-hmm. into a nice little rivalry. Because when you know Poto won in 2019, I mean, it and po, or Shiloh starting on their rise. I mean, it was it was a good mm-hmm. game and two story programs. Because a lot of people in this area, they, I mean, that was you know the news channel down south. You know, yeah, they covered the Fort Smith. So we were kind of lucky we got to see Poto and rolling But the rest mm-hmm. of the state, they don't know about those areas right there on the border. And, and then you move down to 3A and Harding Academy. I mean, do they? I mean yeah. it's, it's like second very same as the first. They <laughs> continue their dominance, and who yeah. can kind of come up and does? Is this the year Desert kind of comes up and wins the three A?
4: Yeah, you know it's going to be really interesting. You know, Harding Academy was so much better than everybody else last year, and it, it really snowballed uh, in, in the state finals, and it just got out of hand. They scored was it seventy points and set a state championship game record. Uh, you know, there's a couple teams that I think could really make a push, and one's going to sound really familiar, and that's Boonville you got a lot of experience coming back and quarterback with the Ray kid. Uh, And they're going to play Dardanelle in the season opener. I think we're going to find out a lot about the Bearcats in week one or week zero, I should say. You know, if they can go beat uh, Dardanelle, a quality 4A opponent, I think Boonville's primed to make a pretty, pretty deep run. Now, whether they can, you know, counteract Harding Academy's attack, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, 3A is usually pretty deep as far as a number of teams who could win it. Uh, but I think you got to point to those two as the ones who might be the quote unquote favorites to win it. Yeah, and then
1: you know after Darnell, they come, you know they got to play my hillbillies. So you know, that's so right. this year, and that's one of one of the biggest rivalries that's kind of almost forgotten about because Booneville's mm-hmm. been bounced between four A and three A, but we still look at it as a, a big rivalry. And then I don't think they either play Clarksville or Charleston, and so it's mm-hmm. like they got that big gauntlet. And then the Booneville Paris game—I mean, that was a rivalry yeah. back in the '80s, and that they just stopped playing. So. And then 2A, I mean, that's, I think, the most competitive league. I think when it goes yeah. to competitive, you got Junction City, of course, but, you know, you got so many other teams that can just come up and, and take that crown.
0: Yeah,
4: I mean, and you've got to look at Desark, who was in the finals last year. Uh, one team, you, you, I think you just, just because of who they have on their roster now is Clarendon. You're talking about two Arkansas Razorback commits on a 2A team. And so can they get those guys the football? Can they make the stops they want defensively? And how about those two teams? That's who Barton opens their season with. Those game two games, one and two. So welcome to, to the big-time football, Spencer Adams, one of my really good friends who took the job down there with the Bears. But, you know, it's you look at those squads, and then, again, it's, you know, depth. I mean, Junction City, you mentioned it. You know, who can make that next push? You know, a couple of years ago, we saw Bigelow kind of come out of nowhere and make a run in the playoffs. Who's that going to be in two
1: And I want to move now to the 3A. And, of course, you know, last year, Harding Academy run away with it, and they might do the same again. But who who do you think are some teams that can really kind of step up and and take the challenge from Harding Academy?
4: You know, there's going to be one team that may not surprise you. It's a name you hear a lot. That's for You know, the Bearcats uh, have a stud at quarterback, and stop me. If you've heard this one before, his last name is Ray. Uh, They kind of of seem to come along every now and then. So uh, you you look at them, a preseason top five team, a a team that's built to win in November and December, just the way they they run the football. Obviously, they won a state championship just a few years ago in their route of Osceola. Uh, You start with them. Uh, If you want to stay in that same part of the state, Paris, Uh, is expected to be uh, really good this year, made a really good head coach and hire, and and Jeff Weaver, and then the resume that he brings over from Russellville and all the way back to his days at Mina and Little Rock Christian. uh, You know, Hoxie's got a lot to replace, but they're still going to be a quality program. You know, 3A is generally the deepest class. You probably, you know, six to eight legitimate state title contenders every given season. Now, of course, the cream's going to rise to the top eventually once we get to playoff football, but you know, you start with those two, Harding Academy, Boonville, and, and you start to work your way out, and that's a pretty, pretty deep uh, pool of title contenders. And
1: then finally with the 2A, you know, the smallest classification in the state, but again, like the 3A, it's, it, it's very deep, and there's a lot of teams that, you know, not a lot of parity. So, you know, with, with 2A, who do you see coming out of that group and, and contending for the state championship? You
4: know, with how, as much talent as Desert has coming back, they were in the finals last year. Uh, really in that second half started to kind of establish some things. You know, if they had that football game over, they might change how they attacked uh, Fordice in that championship game. But, you know, you obviously can't take it back. But, you know, they, they played really well. I think you start there. Of course, you got to see Junction City every year. But one team to really pay attention to is going to be Clarendon. You're talking about a team with two SEC players on their roster with the tight end and the wide receiver McAdoo. I'm talking you've got to find different ways to get themselves the football. Courtney being the tight end. Uh, I mean, so if you can get those guys the ball, you're going to win more times than not. in two-way football on Friday night. And so now can they make the plays defensively? to give themselves a chance to win. you know. So I think if you look at that group at Clarendon, they're going to be a team that wins 8, 9, 10, 11 games, but can they win the big ones You know, when they're backs against the wall and have a little adversity come November?
1: And to finally close this out, it's kind of a popular question, and even in my playing days back in the early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s, it was the private school versus the public schools. And mm-hmm. now we're really going to start seeing, which I think is good, for the changes, it's not going to affect all the private schools. It's just going to affect the select few where everybody seems to go winning, you know, produces champions, and that's where all the – so how do you think that's going to change the landscape of, you know, the private school versus the public school as a whole?
4: I think it's going to change it a lot, but I think it's also going to change it for the good. So let's start on the the bottom end of that. The schools like Subiaco Academy can come back to play 11-man football. The schools like Episcopal can play 11-man football because they're not having to play up – two additional classifications. You put Subiaco in 2-8, they can be competitive. They, I couldn't tell you the last time they won a 4 a game, and, and that's where they've been. Episcopal drops to eight-man football, like Subiaco. So if for schools like that, Union Christian could come back and start playing in Arkansas, the school out of Fort Smith. So that, that, to me, is good. On the other side of things, I think it's going to be good, too, for a couple different reasons. You know, you're going to start being forced to play teams on your level. Pulaski Academy is a great football program. Kevin Kelly built a monster. But they haven't played a lot of 7A schools who were expected to be state title contenders. They played Harbor a couple of years ago. They played Cabot about a decade ago. But those weren't teams that were expected to compete for a title that year. They haven't played North Little Rock. They haven't played Bryant in the regular season, Bentonville, Fable et cetera. But that's, there's also a reason for that, too, because you, you talk to a lot of coaches. They say you don't get a lot of benefit of playing Pulaski Academy because nobody on your schedule is going to play like that. So you know, for the Harding Academies of the world, it's going, life's going to get tougher. For Shiloh Christian, life's going to get tougher because you're going to have to talk about these teams instead of playing three A and four A. Are going to be four A, five A next year, and now Little Rock Christian and PA are going to be playing six A. So, but me being selfish, who doesn't want to see a Final Four in six A of Greenwood, Lake Hamilton, PA, and Little Rock Christian? Who doesn't want to see that? Or maybe exactly. Ben? I've been pushing for that,
1: you know, Greenwood. I mean, Greenwood, PA. I've been pushing that. You know, wanting to see that,
4: and you now you'll get it. Yep. And everybody talks football because that's obviously the hot topic right now. But on basketball, you know, Hardy and wins the basketball title last year, but they're not a traditional basketball power, so it's not going to punish those one offs. CAC's girls. Now they they could they may be facing an uphill battle. You know, they've been so much better than a lot of other schools, Little Rock Christian girls. But you know, you're not seeing PA win a lot of titles. In basketball, uh, in the spring sports, you know, Harding Academy again going to be struggling a little bit when they have to play up. So I think it's going to it's going to really be a nice balance. The private schools are going to hate it. The public schools are going to hate it when they lose a conference game because you're talking about adding teams to a conference instead of realigning. So you could see 17 teams in Class 6A next year or 18 teams. That's going to limit on your non-conference games, which may eventually hurt your gate. Uh, and or what could be really crazy because it's based on sport, not based on school you may see a team on a Friday night play two different schools. You know, your boys are going to play one squad and your girls are going to play another, which is going to be a really odd wrinkle and, of course, going to affect travel. So there's going to be a lot of things that worked out. But as a whole, I like the idea. As a fan, I love the idea for football just because we're going to get some matchups that we've kind of wanted to see for a while. Because the Hardigan Academies don't necessarily schedule those four or five A schools, now we're finally going to get to see it.
1: Yeah, and I think everybody's mainly focused on football, like you said. but And, and in basketball, like uh, Ozark, they play a mixture of 4A, 5A anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they're going to be used to it more opposed to you know football and, and the other sports. So I, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a change. And I know that you're going to have people on both sides of the fence on it. But, you know, when we look at it, and when it comes to playoff football, when it's going to matter the most, you're going to get the best teams – in each classification and it's going to make some for some really good playoff football other than somebody a five seed going to the one seed and losing 70 to nothing it's, it's going to right. make more games early on that can be really competitive but yeah I, that'd it be all for us go ahead go ahead
4: yeah and i think one thing this you know maybe once we get this leveled out maybe we can go back to that 32 team classification because we're going to get some better teams near the bottom uh, and start maybe start to even this thing out because let's be real when you know twelve of your top sixteen teams in your classification are going to the playoffs that's too many it waters down your playoff system seven A and six A is what I'm talking about so maybe this comes brings it back this puts a little more things in perspective and we can get back to that that traditional thirty two team classification where only sixteen make the playoffs. Well, Bobby,
1: you know we're here. It's time to play ball. <laughs> it, it, talking season's over, and I really appreciate you coming on with us tonight and and good luck to you in your future with you know mascot media and hopefully you can get every school in the state to jump aboard and get them some posters and cards and some tickets.
4: <laughs> yep and also some websites cuz we, everybody's got to watch go. the other games on on the app so you know why not call me if you need a website.
1: Yeah and let us know where where can they find you you know of course you're on you're on Twitter but where's your website mm-hmm. you know just plug yourself
4: so yeah, mascotmedia.net is the, is the one that's going to you know kind of find out what we do. If you can find me on Twitter, at Bobby Swafford, I'm probably the most active there. I've kind of been on laying low the last year or so, but I think it's about time to turn my Twitter game back up uh, <laughs> a little bit. But, you know, I think a lot of people may not know our products, but they've seen them before. Because if you go to Conway, if you go to Cabot, Fayetteville, Bentonville, any of those websites, North Little Rock, those are our websites. I mean, that, that's what we do. If you, if you find their app online, those are our apps. And so, I mean, that's kind of – who we work with. We, I think we have 1,100 partners across the country, but we're based in Fayetteville. I mean, this is an Arkansas-based company. It's been around for 30 years. A lot of people may not recognize Mascot Media, but they're going to recognize five-star sports, and that's what this company is. That's what we started as. And so, you know, we're just out there trying to make schools better themselves, better their brands, and, you know, we're just doing it one school at a time.
1: That's right. Well, if there's anything we can ever do to help you out, plug it and, and, and spread the word and get some more schools on board, we'll be more than happy to. Hey, I, well, appreciate that will do I appreciate
0: ep-
4: you. Appreciate everything you're doing.
1: Hey, thank you, and and that will do it for episode 210 of the Hog Talk Hog Talk podcast. Presented to you by Bet Online. Go hogs!